Hello, my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! Again, my beautiful screamers, and welcome to another episode of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets bent. This is episode 167, I think. I don't know anymore. I'm losing count because this is the Countdown to Halloween Marathon, and I'm doing a mini episode every day for the whole week leading up to the big night of Halloween. And everything's starting to blur together. I know some podcasts out there that are doing the 31 Days to Halloween. And my hats are off to you because I'm kind of going bonkers right now. Just so you know, more bonkers than I already was. And I was not okay to begin with. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. I wasn't okay. I'm above average at best. What? 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 I should say it worst. I'm above average. I'm, just, I just, I, I'm fucking fabulous is what I'm trying to say. Okay, tonight's selection is a movie called Hollowgate from 1988. And this is another anomaly. This is another movie of whose existence I was completely unaware of until it was recommended to me. Recommended to me by Nathan from the Hysteria Continues podcast. Which means, of course... I have to take it with a grain of salt before I even begin watching it. I love Nathan. I do. But his taste in movies can be a bit questionable because the poor boy does love everything. And while that can be a liability for movies that he recommends, honestly, it's a trait I kind of admire in him. No, no, no. I don't kind of admire it it in him. I love it in him. And now I'm thinking about things in him. And sorry, Nathan, you're a married man, but sometimes I just can't help myself. So I went into this with a completely open mind. That's a complete lie. I went into this completely dreading it. And well, I wasn't wrong. But first, let's take a listen to the trailer before we get into any more craziness. Okay, okay. Oh, God. God, my brain hurts. How many more days left of Halloween? Oh, Jesus. God. Halloween. The time for trick or treat. But at Hollow Gate, it's trick or tracheotomy. What's a little surgery? Move over, Michael Myers. Jason, get out of town. This Halloween, there's a new deranged killer on the block. Hollow Gate belongs to Mark. What's a little Halloween pretend, huh? Mark Moore's teams to his sprawling estate, Hollow Gate, by promising them endless sex and sweets. But once the guests are on his grounds, there are no bounds. Mark will do anything to feed his sadistic fetishes. First, he stuffs his guests with Halloween goodies. Then he stuffs and mounts them. I'm coming to get you. Hollow Gate is destined to become one of the all-time unforgettable fright films. Just don't let Mark Carr your pumpkin. Hollow Gate. Happy Halloween. Okay, before I even begin to get into the story of Hollow Gate, 
I have to say the copy that I was watching on YouTube may not have been the best because the sound sounded like it was recorded underwater for the most part. I was struggling to hear a lot of the dialogue from the very beginning and cranking up the volume didn't particularly help. Of course, that might not be a problem with the print. It might be a problem with the movie itself because this is some severe, low-budget, 80s shenanigans. Okay, so many, 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 many years ago, little Mark Walter was having a Halloween party at his house. But you know what? He's not really all that socially, you know, viable and stuff. He, he, he seems to be hiding for most of his own party. And, well, mom has the broad idea to do some apple dunking with the kids and everything. And it's fun and it's great. Except it turns out that Mark's apple dunking skills, apple bobbing skills rather, are just not up to snuff. And here's my thing. He's dressed as a clown because, you know, you have to in a Halloween movie. You have to have your killer character dressed as a clown as a child because we have no original ideas left. But, man, he dove right in there and that wig got ruined. I was like, girl, take your wig off before you do that. That's your problem. The balance of your head is all off. You're going to drown with that thing on your head, but that's neither here nor there. He's mortified because all the other kids are laughing because he can't shove a big apple in his, his little teeny tiny mouth. And his dad, well, his response to the whole thing is to come out and waterboard the poor kid in front of everybody. You're so stupid. You're useless. I hate you. You smell. I'm going to hold your head under the water till you get a goddamn apple. What is happening? That's not Okay. But then Mark's grandma comes out and says, It's okay. He's a terrible person. Your father's awful. I know he embarrassed you. He'll get his someday. Something, oh, Mark's going to kill his parents tonight. Nope. 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 Instead, we jump forward in time ten years. To another Halloween. Where some of... Mark's schoolmates stop by the gas station where he works on their way to a party. They figure they can make fun of him for a while before they go to the party. And so they do that. And instead of ever getting to the party, he sticks the girl's panties in the gas tank of the car and sets it on fire. And they blow up and they die. How did he get her panties? You know what? Don't even, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. It really doesn't matter. And I have to say, because based on this scene, based on the license plate on the car... That blew up. This was shot in Utah, or at least near Utah. Yet for some reason, this is one of those movies where all the bad characters have Brooklyn accents. What's happening? What's happening? Is there a section of Flatbush that now exists in Utah? Which actually Flatbushes? No, 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 no. I'm right. Flatbushes in Brooklyn. I get Flatbush and Flushing confused all the time because they're both hilarious names for for sections of town. But you know, we're all good. We're all good. If we're all good, my geography is on fleek. Now we jump forward another two years and Mark's in trouble because he just wanted to take some girl out for ice cream into the movies and she's not having it because he's weird. So he tries to strangle her in the store where she works and, well, the law's not having it. Let's just say this movie is slower than dirt because we're a good 25 minutes half hour into the movie by this point and we're still not at the main plot with happy-go-lucky teens going to get slaughtered 
and it's moving like molasses. Talky, 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 which is a problem with the whole movie. Lots of talking. Lots of talking that's not really advancing the story. Lots of talking that's just rehashing stuff we already know. I'm getting bored, Mark Walter. This is the thing that's amusing me, though, because the kid's name is Mark Walters, and that's the name of a friend of mine who I kind of sort of have a big crush on, you know, that I, I see at Marie's Crisis all the time, the piano bar diver I go to. So, of course, I had to send him, Mark, you're a murderer in a movie. And he's just like, what are you talking about? I said, forget it. Forget it. You don't know me. I could never love you. This is, this is why it's only going to be a crush, Mark Walter. And what I think is funny here is that you're getting a lot of scenes with the lawyers and the judge that's trying to figure out what to do with this kid. And the problem is is that his grandma is super rich and super influential in the community. So they're like, well, we could send him to jail, but I don't know if it's going to be good for this boy. This boy may not be that much of a danger. I think the boy actually needs more medical help than he needs to be in prison and the boy this the boy that the boy this the boy is like 48 years old okay this guy is old so i don't know now we have like another jump in time and we discover that grandma has turned their house which is called hollowgate which is where the title of the movie comes from because they have a big gate in front of the place, then I guess the house is hollow because it's a house. Because if it was a house that was solid, you couldn't live in it because it's solid. What are you talking about? I don't know. What are they talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And Halloween's come up again. And the thing is, yes, the house has been converted into a medical facility for him. There's doctors on staff and nurses and attendants to make sure he takes his medication. But all of a sudden, they decide that he's cured before any of this happens and grandma lets everybody go and it's pretty much as soon as she does he decides to stop taking his medicine and immediately goes crazy because it's halloween and to celebrate him being cured from being crazy grandma says let's have a halloween party he says let's not do that and why don't i kill you with these scissors grandma which he does Finally, we get into the meat of the movie. We meet the four completely ridiculous teenagers. Because now we're set in Oklahoma. I, I don't know what happened. We're in Oklahoma now. Because their whole plot line is that they are crossing the border from wherever they live to go to Oklahoma. Because the drinking age in Oklahoma is 18. Party. And oh my gosh, they are so crazy to get some beer. Or what do they call it? Suds. We're going to get some suds. They're so excited to get suds. They stop at a roadside diner and all they talk about is how drunk they are on the two bottles of suds that they had. And these kids are just awful. I mean, they're awful actors with awful dialogue. They're wearing horrible clothes. Our main girl, who I, I hesitate to call her our main girl because she's barely the focus until she's the only one left. But she's got mom jeans on that should be illegal on anybody under the age of 50. But she's wearing them because it was the 80s. But even for 80s standards, it's like, whoa, those are some non-fashionable jeans. Are you not aware that you're in a movie? A movie where you're going to go to a party and meet boys? Yes, because aside from, from, from just getting some suds they were on the way to a halloween party despite the fact that they don't have any costumes and so you got one girl in mom jeans 
and the other girl is wearing one of those fabulous, like, thick, poofy miniskirts that, oh my gosh, those were terrible. Oh, and oh, and she got she got the big, poofy hair, and oh, oh, and the guys are just awful. You know, we have one main guy, Al, who's kind of the leader of the group, or, or the schlub of the group, I should say, because they just keep making him pay for everything, which is fun. You gotta pay for all those thuds. And the thing is, that since he had to pay for all the thuds at lunch, that now they don't have money to buy costumes at the Halloween store. Despite the fact that his girlfriend, Mom Jeans, really wants this purple sparkly wig that costs $9. And I'm sorry, that's too much money because the party that they're going to is going to cost $5 each to get in. And they only have $18 left, which means one of you isn't going to the party anyway. But whatever. Whatever. But... They strike a deal with the guy, the kind of fabulously gay guy. They don't say that he's gay, but come on. Come on now. Come on now. He's cute. I like him. He's cute in a roly-poly, cubby kind of way. I like him. I'd, I'd make out with him. No problem. But not to, it's not here nor there. They strike a deal. I'll give you this cheap wig because my delivery boy didn't show up for work today, the busiest day of the year, and I have this big delivery of costumes to deliver to a party down at Hollowgate Mansion. Hollowgate Mansion. I'm going to continue to call it Hollowgate and that just work with me here because that's just the way it's going to be. I got to take it in the mansion, just deliver it there, and you can keep this wig. So you can say that everything that happens after this point, these kids are going to die for a purple sparkly wig. And as a gay man, I say yes, that's worth dying for. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's not some like lace front fantasy wig, but you know what? When you need a purple sparkly wig, you need a purple sparkly wig. And if it means you're going to die for it, yes. Suck it up, Buttercup. Let's go. They go to the mansion. They enter the gate, which of course is going to lock behind them and electrify, because that's fun. And they meet Mark, who's like super friendly, and he's like, well, why don't you come in and have a tour of the house? And they said, oh, let's do that, because we got nowhere else to be. So they take a tour of the, cow- the house, they find dead grandma, and now they have to die. And now he's got a selection of costumes to try on, because every time he kills somebody, Miss Thing's got to put on a new costume. Which, again, I can get behind. I can get behind massive costume changes every time you need to do something, because if Cher was in a horror movie, and if Cher was a killer in a horror movie, she would be having costume changes every time she killed somebody. Damn right! Damn right, if Cher would do it, then I'm behind you, Walter. I'm behind you. You old man. What almost makes this amazing from here on out is the absolutely atrocious acting of our four teens. Because they are not only acting for the rafters. You know, they are so big and so broad and talky, talky, talky. My God, they just, at certain points, it's just like, can you be quiet? Can you be quiet? You're trying to run and hide and you're screaming. And I realize the reason that you're screaming is because nobody bought a boom mic for this thing. And I get that. But shut up. And all four of them are fake crying majorly hard for the rest of the movie. Particularly our main guy, Al. Whose dialogue is coming out like this for the rest of his time in the movie. And it is kind of hilarious. And it's not just exhausting. And oh my god, what are we gonna do? We're all gonna die. Uh. So they were getting picked off one by one by Mark. And this would have been okay, except we decided that we needed a subplot with the police officers who just randomly drive by, and now we have to follow them on their quest for a meatball sandwich. 
we keep coming back to them on their meatball sandwich date because I'm sorry, the way this dialogue is written. Okay, first of all, we have this very long scene of them in the car discussing all of Mark's history, which we already know because we've watched the rest of the movie. They don't add anything new. And it's a good 10-minute scene. And then the scene turns over this whole meatball sandwich thing. And the way the main cop is presenting it, he's like, well, I do know this place that serves the best meatball sandwich in town. I can take you there if you like. We can go get a sandwich together. It could be really nice. It feels like a fucking date. We find out later that this guy, the other cop, is his new partner. But still, I don't care. This is a first date for these cops. And that's the only thing that's making these scenes palatable for me. Because we keep coming back to them when they arrive at the restaurant. And they get the meatball. Actually, no, they have to meet the guy who owns the restaurant. And they talk about the meatball sandwich for a while. Which is a mole meatball sandwich. Because it's spicy. Whatever. I don't know. The blood red mole meatball sandwich. I don't care. You're just making it sound even more sexy. And it sounds like now you're going to have like... I don't know, like, there's something really knowing about the guy who owns the restaurant. Like, oh my gosh, look at these two. They're in love. What a perfect date. I don't care I'm reading into the subtext. I don't care. I'm bored. It's day five of this fucking marathon, and I'm just looking for anything to get me through this movie. Oh my god. So they're, like, romance over meatballs while the kids are being murdered in the other scenes that we're never getting back to because this is kind of more interesting for all the wrong reasons. And here we are. Hollowgate. I said the title wrong again because it's Hollowgate, not Hollowgate. And I'm singing a song because I don't know what to say about this movie. There's not a lot of gore in this movie. The special effects are pretty much non-existent. Most of the kills are off-screen. And here's the thing. A lot of times when people die in this movie, they make the most atrociously hilarious faces. And I can't blame the actors because I know damn well when you're an actor, you don't know what you're do- what, what what you're doing looks like you need a director to say don't do that why don't you tone it down it's too big for the camera oh that's not working at all but no 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 so we get some really comic death faces which is fun there is a scene where we we've lost one of the guys and now we're we were fake crying before but now we're in fake non-stop hysterics all three of them <laughs> dry heaving and just oh my gosh but dry faces of course you know dry heaving with dry faces and just over emoting and they're making so much noise this guy didn't even have to like try to find them and just okay you know they're not even high you, you can't hide an ugly cry this loudly and talk the whole time it's not working they're looking for another way out they find a road and I don't even remember exactly why they have to cross this road to get to the other side. That's why the stupid kids have to cross the road. But they decide they're going to go one by one. And first, Al's going to go over and make sure it's safe. And you wait till I get the st- give you the signal, and then you come across. And he gives the signal, and his girlfriend comes across. And now this dead guy's girlfriend, who's you know the one of the miniskirt. And he signals her to come across. And for some reason, for, it took the other two people 10 seconds to cross this road. And now it's gone from a road to this vast stretch of desert that takes her about seven minutes to get across. Why? I don't know. But it does. And in the middle of that, oh no! Here comes crazy Mark on a thresher. And she's just standing there. 
She doesn't run. She doesn't do anything. A Thresher is not a very fast-moving vehicle. You could probably outrun it or just get off the road and go to go into the trees that are right over there. But no, she doesn't do it. She's just standing there, and I'm wondering how is this going to go down. Clearly, she's going to go in this Thresher. But I wouldn't be half surprised at this point if she just gives up and walks into it because – I wasn't even sure at this point if the Thresher was going to move, if they had put gas in the Thresher. I didn't know what was happening. But long story short, she makes it to the Thresher. And I just remembered another hilarious scene. After her boyfriend gets killed, she gets a long, 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 supposedly moving monologue about how he, well, he, she just gave him her virginity last night and now he's gone. Boo-hoo. And she's super crying the whole time. But what makes this especially hilarious is that Al is trying to comfort her during this during this and what he's doing is that he's petting her on the head on top of this really poofy hair so just watching her hair flatten while she fakes cries and then spring back into the original position because you know aqua you know it, these are aqua net days you shouldn't get that much spring out of it. well i guess moose was happening then but you know i guess that's sure it was 1988 moose had happened but yes i'm thinking that hair would be rock hard and it wasn't but to see it just spring back to its original position is really quite impressive very impressive can you tell how bored i was during this movie i can't even tell you what happened after this because i did kind of phase that oh wait the one thing i do remember is that at a certain point mark unleashes the killer hounds upon the surviving teens and when i say the killer hounds i mean the cute cuddly golden retrievers who pretty much lick al to death (laughs) Could you pick a less terrifying dog? <laughs> Even Chihuahuas are scarier than these dogs, whose tails are clearly wagging. They're very happy to see that they're licking blood onto his face instead of licking blood off his face. <laughs> they're licking that sugar blood off his Oh my gosh, this movie's really bad. It's really bad, and yet there is something entertaining about how bad it is. It's not unwatchably bad. So, yes, Nathan, from the Hysteria Continue podcast, I kind of get why you love this movie. I don't love it. I never need to see it again, except I could use a hate watch with friends with alcohol and maybe a mind-altering substance. That would get me through this and would make it a hell of a lot better. There's a reason I haven't heard of Hollowgate before. It's not good, and it's memorable for all the wrong reasons but if you're dying to watch it it is streaming on youtube and as i said before if you're going to do it be cool about it don't be telling everybody about it because then it'll get taken down because this is what happens when i do this on this show and i can't be responsible for depriving future potential audiences of this cinematic gold mine of the experience of sitting through allocate if they really want to i'm a little delirious I can't breathe. I'm sorry. On top of everything, you have to listen to my nasal voice today because my allergies are out of control. So I'm not getting a lot of oxygen, and I'm talking about this movie, and I kind of feel like I'm hallucinating right now because it's a fucking marathon, and I have hit the wall of pain. But we're not done yet, kids. We got at least three more movies to get to, I think, before the big night. I don't know. I can't do math anymore. Is this movie number five or movie number six? Am I alone? Am I alive? Am I breathing? (coughs) Do I live on Earth? Is this America? I don't know. I don't know. This 
what I do know is that this was Hollowgate. It may not be America. This is Hollowgate somewhere in Utah, Oklahoma. Mormon horror with big hair, cuddly dogs, <coughs> and sexy meatball sandwiches, which is the best kind of meatball sandwich. I'm going to wrap this up before I lose my goddamn mind. So... Until tomorrow, my beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. But first, if you want to give a call to the show, if you've had a cool experience at a local haunted house or any kind of Halloween attraction this year or any year, pick up your phone, give me a call, 917-720-2047. You'll have three minutes to tell me your story. If you need to call back and finish it, by all means do that. I will make fun of you. But please do that. I encourage that. Or you can write me at crew at screamqueens.com. Of course, that's Queens with a Z. You can find me on Facebook at Crew. Do a uh, search on Scream Queens Horror Podcast. Find me there. You could tweet me at Scream Queens. You could find me on Instagram at No Tiara for You and at Scream Queens. And if you've been enjoying this Halloween countdown marathon and you appreciate the suffering that I'm doing for your entertainment. You can head on over to the webpage www.screamqueens.com, hit the donate button and help support the show and the costs of the medications that I'm going to need after all of this is done. Thank you. And as always, if you're going to refer the show to a friend, and I hope you do, and I know you will, tell them that it's Scream Queens with a Z and not the imposter cast that's out there because shame, shame on them, shame. Don't try to ride my coattails. At least buy me a drink first if you're going to ride me like that. I haven't been ridden in a long time. Did I just say that? Yes, I did. Daddy's cracking up. So for real this time, until tomorrow, beautiful, beautiful screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place. And remember the Scream Queen's golden rule. Fight or flight, survive the night, made to the final reel, and bring a goddamn meatball sandwich. You might get hungry on the way. And if you're not going to make it to the final reel, at least get a fabulous wig out of it. I need a drink. Bye. I go hunting for witches. Heads up, cowies roll. Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs>